hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 52 of the Hydrogen Nowcast for May 13, 2022. The Hydrogen Nowcast is sponsored by New Day Hydrogen, who's helping fleet owners meet their zero emission vehicle needs. If you're with a fleet or transit operator, and your fleet is wondering how to convert to zero emission vehicles, but still meet your operational needs, New Day Hydrogen can give you the option of fuel cell electric vehicles by providing public hydrogen fuel stations near you and showing you the available fuel cell trucks, vans, and buses. To find out more information about both vehicles and fueling, visit the NewDayHydrogen.com website, where you can also submit requests on the contact page. Well, in the podcast today, we're going to talk about liquid hydrogen and the company Gen H2. And here to guide us in that conversation, I'm really pleased to introduce Brian Hudson, who's a senior account executive with Gen H2. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Brian. Uh, really appreciate this opportunity uh, to talk about hydrogen and liquid hydrogen, certainly Gen H2. And I'm I'm coming from you live uh, here at the ACT Expo conference, which is the uh, Advanced Clean Transportation Conference out here in Long Beach, California. Well, it's so great to have you on, and I appreciate you taking time away from the conference. I was just out there for three days myself, and wow, what a conference. This is the first time that I've been to that conference, but I understand it was the biggest one they've had, and just tons and tons of hydrogen fuel cell and electrolyzer and vehicle things to see. I, I'm sure you're as impressed as I am. Yeah, I was extremely impressed. Uh, I've been to several shows throughout the years, uh, also in Las Vegas at the convention center, and I got to tell you, uh, the floor space at this uh, ACT Expo in Long Beach, a smaller floor space, but the amount of people uh, was almost equivalent to what we had at, at Las Vegas Convention Center. It was incredible. Um, and, and almost half the show, Brian, as you noticed, uh, was about hydrogen and, and fuel cell technology. Oh, I know. I was really pleased to see that. And um, it was a big show. I had heard 7,000 people. I'm not sure if that's correct, but I know the area they had set up for a lunchroom was the size of a football field. Uh, that's an American football field, by the way, for our international listeners, but really amazing show. Anyway, why don't we uh, maybe put that aside for now and just encourage people, if anybody has an interest, to go to that next year. Let, yeah, let's get on to what we wanted to talk about, and that is uh, liquid hydrogen. So, of course, as you and our podcast listeners know, hydrogen's really difficult to store and transport because it's gas and it takes up a huge amount of space. So, you know, everybody's looking for ways to reduce that space. And a lot of people have resorted to using extreme pressure, and that helps. But another way is to liquefy it. As a lot of the listeners know, the boiling point for uh, liquid hydrogen is a really frigid minus 423 degrees Fahrenheit or around 20 degrees Kelvin. And as you and I were talking, it kind of depends on um, what your elevation is, what that exact temperature is. But at any rate, it takes quite a bit of energy to remove all that heat. So why don't we start talking about the trade-off between this cost to liquefy hydrogen versus the cost to store and transport it as a gas and why and maybe even when liquid hydrogen is really kind of cost competitive. Yeah, great. So liquid hydrogen. So first and foremost, hydrogen in of itself has been transported, you know, gaseous form, right, throughout the country. And and because of the uh, low infrastructure in the past of hydrogen, you know, you've had to truck uh, large quantities of gaseous hydrogen across, you know, state lines. And so when you talk about liquid hydrogen, first and foremost, safety comes to mind because when you liquefy hydrogen, you don't have to store it at extreme pressures. Uh, you're storing it at low pressures, like less than one bar, 
which is 14.5 PSI, which is kind of like the pressure of your bicycle tire, right? But in gaseous form, in order to transport that uh, at any kind of volume and you compress that down, now your pressures are very high between 300 and up to 1,000 bar, either between 4,000 PSI or 14,000 PSI. So very high pressures uh, with gaseous uh, versus liquid. So that's one advantage is certainly safety. Another advantage, Brian, or big advantage, I should say, is the purity. Now, all of those vehicles that we saw, for example, here at the uh, ACT Expo, all the fuel cell vehicles require very high purity hydrogen in order to run. And so I was explaining to folks out there who are new to uh, fuel cells, it's, it's you know, it, kind of like a filter, right? If you were filtering out impurities, that filter eventually is going to get clogged up. And so same thing with fuel cells, it's going to get clogged up with impurities. So when you liquefy hydrogen, you can get up to uh, what we've seen is you can get up to what we call eight nines of purity uh, when you liquefy it. So just purity alone is extremely beneficial for the fuel cell industry in running those vehicles, especially uh, as we move into aviation. Uh, you don't want a fuel cell to possibly fail uh, due to impurities. Another great thing is just simply size, right? So when I explain the difference uh, in size uh, between liquid hydrogen and gaseous form, just on a general sense, it's, it's kind of like five to one, right? So if I'm trying to explain this to somebody, I'll usually use an example like this. A five-gallon bucket containing gaseous hydrogen would be the equivalent of, say, a little you know film case uh, or your earbuds case uh, of liquid hydrogen, right? So that's kind of the size difference just to get people thinking. But when we really talk about transport, you know, a 4,000 kilogram truck um, that can carry 4,000 kilograms of liquid hydrogen at one bar of pressure, that, that when you do that, it equates to about five trucks carrying gaseous hydrogen at around 300 bar per truck and carrying about 800 kilograms per truck. So, so it's that one to five ratio uh, just in transportation alone. So you can imagine you know, to, to transport the same amount, you'd have to have five drivers and five maintenance programs and, you know, certainly the fuel costs uh, to move those trucks. And then time, let's talk about time. So, you know, certainly with the fueling stations, especially out here in California, you know, you've got little, little over 50, I think, stations that people can fuel up at. And those stations require constant refueling from hydrogen trucks that come in. And when you have it in liquid form, you can dispense or transfer 4,000 kilograms in less than 30 minutes. And that same equivalent. So when we talk about time, right? Uh, so there's several fuel pumps here in the state of California. There's actually over 50, I believe now. Those are going to run out of uh, hydrogen quite often, and they're going to need to be refueled. And so when we talk about time in liquid form, a 4,000 kilogram truck to offload that 4,000 kilograms in liquid form takes about 30 minutes. A truck pulling up with gaseous hydrogen at about 450 kilograms could take up to two hours. So the time alone to actually refuel a station uh, is critical. And, and so that's a, a huge advantage. And even at the show, Brian, you know, several people were talking about gaseous on board their trucks versus liquid on board their trucks. And refueling time uh, is certainly an advantage when it comes to liquid hydrogen. Well, great. Thanks for that really good explanation. So obviously the, uh, the space and the fueling time are big advantages to liquid hydrogen. 
Now, in the past, one of the issues has been boil off. And that's because the temperature difference between liquid hydrogen and the ambient around it is about 350 degrees Fahrenheit or about 210 Celsius. And so you need a really well-insulated tank. Otherwise, you're just going to be losing some of your product to, uh, to boiling off. Now, I understand Gen H2 has some pretty trick technology for what's called vacuum flasks or, or sometimes in the business, it's called a doer for storing liquid hydrogen for extended periods. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about some of the results you're able to achieve or, or what your, your specialty is there for the company Gen H2 as far as uh, doers? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to doers, certainly, a, a, you know, and so for some of our listeners out there, if they don't know about uh, a doer or what that is, I, I love to explain it this way. So it's kind of like a, a Yeti cup, right? It's vacuum jacketed, right? A, a Yeti cup. And so at Gen H2, we're, we're in Titusville, Florida. We're right across from the NASA Space Center. We're extremely lucky to have two NASA Hall of Fame engineers uh, working for Gen H2. And we partner up with NASA, Department of Energy, Department of Defense. And so obviously NASA is well-versed on cryogenics and liquid hydrogen. And so from those patents, from the, that technology, we brought that into Gen H2 and certainly we have some advantages you know, with liquid hydrogen. We know liquid hydrogen very well. But how I like to explain uh, a doer uh, to people and how you know, Gen H2 has kind of taken that to the next level is take a Yeti cup, okay? So a Yeti cup, when they came out, all of us were fascinated that a Yeti cup could keep ice for 24 hours, right? So everybody's excited. You know, oh my gosh, I got a Yeti cup and I still have ice the next day. So... Uh, in a sense, since there's you know no uh, electronics attached to it or any kind of computer, that that would be called a a dumb doer, right? A dumb cup, right? Uh, it's just re basically relying on insulation factors, right? So what Gen H two does is they take that same Yeti cup, and in the top you would stick what's called a, a cold finger in the industry, or you could call it a straw, right? That's uh, controlled, right? And that straw has refrigeration. And so can you imagine, Brian, you have a Yeti cup that without this controlled storage, it keeps ice for 24 hours. With controlled storage, you know, you have something that's actually keeping that liquid cool and it's extremely efficient. So it, it doesn't take a whole lot of energy to continue cooling that liquid or that ice. Imagine how long you could keep ice now in a Yeti cup if it was an actual smart cup. So what's great at Gen H2 is that, you know, we've mastered that technology uh, of, of controlled refrigeration, right, uh, controlled storage. So now we've eliminated that boil off because of that controlled storage. Well, that is fantastic. And, you know, we're going to need so much of that as we move forward in time and we're moving hydrogen by rail and by truck to places where we just can't extend hydrogen pipelines, like remote fuel stations and those kind of things. So I can just see that technology really taking off. So why don't we switch gears a little bit and talk about um, Gen H2, the company. You've already mentioned down in Florida near NASA, you've got some NASA, NASA engineers, but uh, let's talk about some of the other products and services that you have around hydrogen. Yeah, sure. So our primary focus is uh, to supply the industry basically with a unit that they could produce their own hydrogen. They can own their own hydrogen production uh, and storage of. And so we're, we're kind of on a smaller scale. We're one to five tons uh, per day in that production unit. 
And so what that unit will do, we start with hyrolysis, and the uh, which is our version, our, our proprietary term for pyrolysis. And we use natural gas as our feedstock, which is CH4. So we'll separate the carbon out into carbon black and then obviously hydrogen. And then we're going to do what we do very well, which is to liquefy that hydrogen. So we'll go through our liquefaction process at one ton per day. And then that goes into our cold storage uh, or, or controlled storage, uh, which is 2.4 tons a day of storage. Because we found that several folks, you know, they may not use the entire one ton per day. And so they need a way to store that. So that's why we store it now at 2.4 tons. And our system is modular and it's stackable. Uh, and modular, meaning, Brian, you and I have talked about this. Uh, you know, if an individual or, or company has their own electrolysis machine or SMR, they, they currently have a process of generating hydrogen. They can plug that into our system. It's modular. Uh, they don't have to go with our hydrolysis. And then we'll take over from there and do the liquefaction and the controlled storage. And also, too, it's stackable. So what that is, is it's kind of future proofing. So for those folks that, you know, they start out and, and maybe they're starting to change their fleet over to, say, fuel cell, they don't need two tons per day. They just need the one, maybe two Three years later, they're going to need two or three tons a day. So our system will be stackable. Uh, so that's kind of future-proofing and allowing them to get more hydrogen production and storage. Um, several other things that, that we do, we certainly have partnered up with NASA, as I earlier spoke about. But we have uh, several other companies and organizations throughout the world that we're partnering up with on the liquefaction of hydrogen. Uh, we're based out of Titusville, Florida, and uh, right across from Kennedy Space Center. Uh, we do have offices uh, Houston, Texas, um, also um, in Germany. Um, we also have New Mexico offices as well, and uh, several other future offices are planned in strategic locations to help out the industry. Great. And I should mention that you're right here in the Denver area. You and I had lunch the other day, so <laughs> great to have you here. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's the, the, the great thing. You know, Coloradoans are extremely excited for alternative fuel and, and transportation. And uh, one thing, Brian, I, you, you and I were talking about, you know, California has Toyota Mirais and they have Nissan Nexos. You know, they have the capability of refueling those vehicles. And several of my our friends, both you and I, have asked us, you know, hey, I want to buy uh, a hydrogen vehicle. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, our response is, well, you can't refuel it at this time. And, you know, that's what's great about, you know, what you do, Brian, and what I do and what our companies do is trying to bring that technology, those fueling stations, that infrastructure, you know, not only, you know, uh, from California to Colorado, but also other states in the United States as well. Well, I'm convinced that Colorado is going to be the next California. And uh, <laughs> you and I are certainly working to do that. But with the hydrogen hub activity that's going on, you know, you just mentioned New Mexico. Uh, the hub is Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and New Mexico, those four states, and really making a run at trying to develop the whole ecosystem here, both the supply and the demand. So hopefully it won't be long. I know I'm I'm lusting after a, a hydrogen vehicle, and hopefully I'll be able to fuel it here pretty soon. You know, I wanted to go back to that term that you used, hyrolysis, because I think that may confuse some of the listeners that may be going to uh, to Google trying to look that up. It's H-Y-R-O-L-Y-S-I-S. But that's your trademark name for the pyrolysis, basically, as, as you explained it, pyrolysis. Right. Yeah, exactly. So individuals that are in the hydrogen space will certainly know it as pyrolysis. Um, but hyrolysis for us, we, it's our proprietary term because obviously um, it'll be our technology. And what we use there is you know natural gas, methane as that feedstock. 
And that comes in to the heralysis system. And we use a plasma arc to separate that out. And we separate that out in a carbon black. And what's interesting, Brian, carbon black, you know, for us is a powder. And I've at, at the uh, ACT Expo, several people were, were very excited about that. We're, we consider that a neutral byproduct, but several people have come up and said, oh, you know, I can use that. I can use that. One individual said into the production of fuel cells, certainly the tire industry, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it's very exciting to see that the actual byproduct has a use as well. And then from that, hydrogen split off, uh, and that comes off into our liquefaction system. So, you know, and, and again, you know, it's modular. So if somebody already has SMR technology or electrolysis, they can plug into our system. That's not a problem. Um, but we chose to do the hyrolysis uh, for several different reasons. One, you know, certainly it's, it's a, a greener technology because you're not necessarily burning anything, creating carbon dioxide. We certainly can't control that feedstock that we're getting. So we can't say for 100%, you know, we don't have a, a CO2 emission from that process, but it is, you know, almost zero in hydrolysis. And that's, that's advantageous for those that are looking for a greener way to actually uh, generate hydrogen. Well, that's fantastic. And as you point out, there really is a market for carbon black out there in tires and black bumpers and almost any of the black plastics that you see have carbon black in to make them more UV resistant and more tolerant of sunlight. Who knows? Maybe that could, that could be the most valuable product you're producing at right. some point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Well, why don't we uh, make this a little bit more personal, I guess, and, and talk about what's, uh, what's your background? How did you get involved in hydrogen technology? And uh, I know that you're a, a real believer in it and a real enthusiast, but uh, what's your background? Yeah. So I've been in the automotive industry, wow, for a long time, <laughs> but uh, SaaS software uh, in automotive for over 20 years. And Several of my friends, uh, close friends uh, in the automotive industry had made that transition over to the hydrogen industry uh, years ago. And those friends have been telling me about hydrogen and what they were doing. And the time was right. You know, for the last uh, year, I've been studying the industry and became extremely excited. And that time was right for me to make that transition. Uh, I saw what was going on. I'm a big LinkedIn follower. And so I, you know, I certainly follow all the news. Every day you see something about hydrogen. It's not just an article. It's an actual very large announcement, right? And, and something very impactful. It's fun. It's great to be a part of environmental change, no doubt. But also too, I, I see it as the, the ability to continue some industries out there that probably were a little nervous that with green technology, uh, maybe their industry would go away. And take automotive for that, Brian, right? So automotive, you know, the Toyota Mirais and the Nissan Nexos that are out there, I'll tell you that my peers in, in automotive, a lot of them didn't even know that existed in the state of California. They didn't know that there are fuel pumps you know, out there that are refueling these cars. Uh, they had no idea. And uh, I would love to be a part of that eventually where my, my friends that are you know, Toyota dealers and Nissan dealers, et cetera, uh, would be able to start selling those models as well, their dealerships. So you know, for me, it's very exciting that I get to blend uh, what I learned in automotive uh, and blend that into hydrogen. And that was very apparent, as you saw, uh, at this expo here in Long Beach uh, with the vehicles that were present uh, and some of those companies that, you know, I, I'm very familiar with um, in my past. And so you see those two industries merging quite quickly. So it's it's extremely exciting for me. And it's 
I'm very honored uh, to be working with those individuals who are extremely knowledgeable in the hydrogen space. Well, you are so right. Things are changing so fast that it's tough to keep up, but it's fun, it's exciting, and um, and we need it because um, a lot of carbon dioxide is going into the air every day, and we've got to find a way to turn that around really fast. Well, Brian, why don't we wrap this up? Is there any other things you'd like to mention that I didn't ask you about or any final comments or well, thoughts about the ACT show? Yeah, actually, Brian, um, I'll definitely put a plug in there. <laughs> so we did have a major announcement this week at the Expo. So Gen H2, our, our CEO, Cody Bateman, amazing individual and, uh, and good friend, uh, he made the announcement this week that we are going to mass produce what we call Gigasphere. And where that came from is on NASA property. They have an extremely large liquid hydrogen doer, if you will, or tank on property. And we were much a part of that uh, and, and building that and, and the plans to do so. And so we're going to take that technology and that process that we learned, and we're, we are going to mass produce what we call gigaspheres. Those are going to be 1.25 million gallons of liquid hydrogen. Uh, in those tanks and that storage. And so that's a very exciting announcement. So as a company, we will focus on the, the one to one to five tons production per day and storage of, and we're going to focus on the, the 1.25 million gallons of, of liquid hydrogen stored as well. So exciting times, exciting announcements, as I said, every single day. And uh, I'm very blessed to be a part of this industry. Wow. Well, that just goes to show how big the need is for hydrogen that uh, you've got plans for 1.25 million gallon tank. So that's that's fantastic. I, I wish you the best of luck with that. Well, uh, Brian, again, thanks for taking time away from the show to be with us today. If listeners want to reach out to you or connect with Gen H2, what's uh, the best way to do that? Your email or uh, the website? Yeah. So all three, actually, you could go to our website, genh2.com. So it's gen, G-E-N-H-2 dot com. My cell phone, uh, which is 303 nine five six seven eight zero eight that's my cell phone and certainly my email which is brian with an i just like you brian you spell it right so do i <laughs> brian with an i at genh2.com and that's my email so probably the best way though um would be to go through the website because that way I can get individuals in touch with, you know, certainly there's there's individuals that want to speak to an engineer, fabricators, certainly investors, and, and certainly the end users as well. So through our website, I can it gives me an opportunity to actually kind of direct traffic, if you will. That's the best way to do it. Okay, fantastic. Well, we better let you get uh, back to work at the show and we'll wrap this up. But um, Listeners, if you enjoy listening to the Hydrogen Nowcast, please consider subscribing to the podcast and also give us a rating, a good rating, in your podcast app. You know, that good rating helps us be discovered by other people. And of course, word of mouth recommendations are really important. So consider letting people in your own network know about the Hydrogen Nowcast. So one more time, I'd like to thank New Day Hydrogen for sponsoring the Hydrogen Nowcast. And again, New Day Hydrogen's working to build out and deploy hydrogen infrastructure to enable any of us to convert to zero emission vehicles. And lastly, if you'd like to contact me, as many people do, I would love to hear from you. And you can reach me through the website at colorado-hydrogen.org or on LinkedIn. So until next time, this is Brian DeBruin wishing you health and prosperity. Goodbye. <music>